This week in Physics Twist. Earthlings stare into the void as the first photo of a black hole is released. The hippie vegan movement is on the rise in Australia, but why? And does your cat not know its name, or is it just ignoring you like a jerk? G'day, Quill. Hey, Duncan. That sounded weird from my voice just then, didn't it? It did a little. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good, thank you. Yes. I feel good like to I haven't back. seen you in ages. I know, because we've had school holidays. And that's a bustling time for us. It is a very bustling time, so it's um, uh, it's rare that we're actually able to sit down in front of the mics. It's true. I was away. I was on country tour. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about some interesting things today. We are indeed. Uh, which is relevant to your interest because you've just been talking about telescopes. I absolutely have. In fact, I was away in Inverell for the holiday Mm. period and we did a really fun telescope workshop, which was a lot of fun. Um, And And you're an expert now. I am an expert now, so to speak. (laughs) And we actually, and funnily enough, I was there just after this story we're about to talk about was released. So I had a lot of questions about it, a lot of interests um, and stuff like that. So it was actually pretty interesting. So telescopes... Lots of fun, but let's let's discuss what we're going to discuss. What are we going to discuss? Something about telescopes. Something about telescopes. <laughs> Which telescope? <gasps> not the little ones not that we took up ones. to Inverell. No, not those. They're cute though, aren't they? They, they are look great. great. They're a lot of fun. Um, but the telescope we are telescope. The telescope that we are going to be talking about is called the Event Horizon Telescope. Ooh. Because what's come out of the Event Horizon Telescope? Well, first of all, it's well overdue for us to talk about it because this has been out for about two or three weeks. It has now. Um, but as we discussed, we have we have been very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what came out of the Event Horizon Telescope was the first photo of a black hole, which awesome. I'm sure everyone has heard about by now, unless they've been in a black hole themselves. Maybe. Maybe they have. And if you got out, that's amazing. That's a yeah. world first. You should probably let us know about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you that's have been story. in a black hole and gotten out, <laughs> yeah. let us know. And you're going to be on the news. We want you for an interview. Um, so, yeah, there, there is the first photo of a photo of a black hole that has been released. It seems like a paradoxical thing. Like how can you have a mm. photo of a black hole when by definition light cannot escape it? Oh. <laughs> but somehow they managed it. Um, but first of all, I think we should talk about what is the Event Horizon Telescope itself. Yeah. So it's not this long cylindrical tube that um, we often think about Mm. telescopes as looking like. It's not a normal telescope at all. It's actually a sort of network of radio telescopes all over the world. I think in this, for this photo, they used eight. Cool. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the reason that they did this is because if you were to just use one radio telescope, you can't take a photo of a black hole because it's so gosh darn far away. Yeah. So what they needed is basically a telescope that's the size of the entire Earth. Wow. And that's what they got. So what they put together is a network of radio telescopes all across the world, um, which allows us to get more resolution Mm. and so much resolution and so much zoom, if you will, that it's akin to being able to read someone's newspaper um, in New York while you're sitting in a cafe in Paris. Wow. Yeah. It's that that kind of level of zoom, which is (laughs) crazy. Now, radio telescopes, we're thinking the ones that look more like the dish kind the of dishes. thing, right? Yeah, perfect. Exactly. So, so you've got ex- that in your mind. That's what you want to imagine. Yeah. So they instead use radio waves, mm. which are a form of electromagnetic waves. Perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this black hole. Yes. Where is it? I'm guessing somewhere black. 
Space. space. Let's go with space. It's in a place, a galaxy called Messier 87 or M87. Now, M87 is 55 million light years away. Not close. Not close. It's a million with an M and (laughs) it's not close at all. And the black hole itself is huge. It's a big boy. It is 6.5 billion times the mass of the sun. Whoa. And it is 40 billion kilometres across. Look, I think that's even too big to count how many football fields that would be. Uh, You want to know how many football fields that is? Yeah. That is 4,000 billion. Whoa. (laughs) Wait, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. (laughs) You know what? Forget the football fields. (laughs) It's not relevant. How many light football fields is it? (laughs) Anyway, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a big boy. And... The black hole itself effectively casts a shadow because of something called the event horizon mm-hmm. itself. Now, the event horizon is 2.6 times larger. Oh, sorry, the shadow itself is 2.6 times larger uh, than the black hole. Oh, wow. Okay. So, what happens is like... It's so huge. Yeah, it's huge. So, if imagine it this way. If, you're, if you want to fire some light directly out of a black hole, mm-hmm. obviously, you couldn't do that yeah because nothing can escape but let's say that you had light coming in towards it from the side yeah but up a bit yeah yeah it'd have to be more than 2.6 times further away Mm -hmm. than the radius of the event horizon itself in order to actually escape because it just sucks everything in right so the shadow is yeah it's quite large Whoa. Um, so messier 87 m87 is named for its discoverer Mm-hmm. Charles Messier. Mm-hmm. I think I'm think I'm saying that right. Have you heard this before? No, but no. it seems right if he's French. Yeah, is he French? I feel I feel good about that pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's French. A French astronomer yeah. <clears throat> who basically is mainly notable for publishing a catalogue of um, objects in the sky, like mm-hmm. nebulae, star clusters. And the whole point of that was he was he was like a um, a comet finder. I don't know okay. what you would call it, but yeah, he was interested in things like comets. Cool. And so the point of this catalog that he made was to be able to help observe astronomical observers figure out what they're actually looking at. Uh, is it okay. a star? Is right. it a nebula? Or is it something that they're actually interested in, which is a comet? Yeah, like a classification, but of things that are out in space. Yeah, just but, like we classify our animals and plants and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he Perfect. was one of the first people to do this. Ah, cool. And he actually discovered Messier 87. So it is named for him. Mm, excellent. Um, so as we were saying... This black hole, it's a its a very, very big boy. Yeah. Um, and most of the light that goes anywhere near it is just going to get sucked in, mm. okay? But if it's a certain distance away, it'll actually go past the black hole, right? Okay. And curve back around yep. in a circle okay. before disappearing off into space. Wow. All right? So it's when we think of a black hole, yeah, it goes like... Round in a curve, round yeah. in a loop. So it kind of loops around and then fangs back out into Pres- space. Fangs out there. Yeah. That's right. Cool. Fang it, mate. That's what the black hole is thinking. <laughs> so um, what we're looking at really is the the shadow of it. Okay? okay. So if you've seen the image, you will recall that there is a black bit in the middle. Yep. That's not just the black hole itself. Yeah. It's the shadow around it. Yeah. Okay. Um and if you can actually see the shadow properly, mm. it would actually sort of represent a map of the event horizon itself, copied many, many times over due okay. to the way that it bends yeah. space-time. Okay. And it's copied more and more as you get closer to the edge of the shadow. Now, yeah. I learned this from a video by someone called Veritasium. Have okay. you heard of that guy? Of course. Yeah, he's the best, right? Yeah. 
absolute genius. He did a video before this image came out that explained mm. what we're most what we're likely to see, and he predicted. He drew a little prediction yeah. of what he thought it would look like. Pretty cool. Dead on. Yeah. And he explained it really well. Actually, so maybe Alan sh- Duffy, who's actually a friend of the podcast, Professor mm. Alan Duffy, has a really great explanation that's done in simple oh, terms cool. that he's done online. I will I think check he was that on out. the breakfast, maybe a breakfast show mm. or the project, one of these kind of things. And yeah. that was a really good explanation that was in pretty simple terms for people to understand. Cool. Maybe we can chuck those if we can find them on the show notes. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Cool. Um, so, yeah, if you've seen the image, you'll recall that there is some blackness in the middle, but mm. then there's some light around forming a ring. Yeah. <clears throat> right? So what's the ring? It's not the black hole itself. It's something. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? It's a halo? Yes, Because the black hole's an angel. Yeah, in a way. Well, not, not quite, not quite no. scientific. Um, I like it, though. So it's actually something called an accretion disk. Ooh. And an accretion disk is basically lots of dust and gas swirling around the black hole really chaotically. Right. It's gone super, super fast. Yep. And it's very, 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 very hot. Right. Okay. So this stuff, this stuff actually feeds the black hole and makes it bigger and bigger and bigger over time. <laughs> I'm imagining. This like, yeah. If you it put just... your, if, for those of you who can't see this at home, if you put your two hands together and make a big circle out of your index finger and your and your thumb and you kind of wiggle them around and make it growl, then it's you like can a mouth. say, yeah, it's like a, like a what, what is this? Is it a black hole? No. It's a vicious circle. Oh. <laughs> Bazinga. Oh, yes. All right. You came for the science, but you stay for the jokes. Back, back to the point of the topic. So, this is very serious, Squill. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, it's this accretion disc. Yeah? Okay. And we see it as a ring. Okay. Yes. If you look at this accretion disc, like face on, directly mm-hmm. sort of perpendicular to it, it looks like a perfect ring shape. If we're looking at it okay. edge on. Yep. It will kind of look like Saturn's rings. Ah, yeah. So the accretion yeah. disk would be the rings, and the yeah. black hole would be Saturn itself. Imagine, okay. imagine that. Yeah. Except what happens is because the black hole bends space time, mm-hmm. the rings would then bend upwards towards the rear. They don't yeah. do it in reality, but that's what you would see. Okay. Yeah. So for those of you that are following at home that maybe don't have this background in space, the basic idea behind the fact that is the things with a super huge amount of mass can bend space time. Yes, precisely. That's, yeah. And there's basically basic idea of relativity. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this is another confirmation. Yeah. Of Einstein's general general theory yes. of relativity. Um, yeah. So in this case, regarding the sort of bending. The ring is, I think it's actually more face-on, so more okay. perpendicular to that. So we actually don't get that sort of satin ring effect. Mm-hmm. If you've seen, um, what is that movie, the space one? That doesn't help you at all. <laughs> the one by... He might need to be more specific. The guy who did, uh, Christopher Nolan, what was that movie that he did? Interstellar. Oh, that one. Interstellar. So if you watch Interstellar, there is a really good representation of what that... Um, that black hole might look like if the accretion disk was side on. Uh, so watch it if you're of an appropriate age to watch films like this. Excellent. Yeah, like I said, this the stuff that's in the accretion disk, all the dust and the gas, it's mm. gone super fast. It's almost gone the speed of light. Yep. This is where it gets really interesting. If that stuff is coming towards us, mm-hmm. it looks much brighter than if it's going away from us. Obviously. And this is exactly what we see in the image, ah. right? And, yeah, it all relates back to the Doppler effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's exactly what we see. So on the bottom half of the image, on the bottom half of that ring that you see in the real image, it is brighter and darker on the top. Mm, Okay, so the stuff that's on the bottom is coming towards us, stuff on the top is going away, and that's why it appears dark. That's pretty cool. So again, this is a further confirmation of Einstein's general theory of relativity, which effectively postulates that gravity is 
actually the bending of time and space. Yeah. So there you go. That's all the things you need to know about the black hole photo. Impress your friends. Mm. Um, if we, I can't believe we condensed that into like five or ten minutes, but there you go. There you go. Would you like to know some more interesting facts about this and how it was done? Yeah, cool. of course. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Hit me up. Hit me. So this image, as we said, was basically cut from data captured by eight different radio telescopes. Yep. The data that comes from those is just huge. I can imagine. It is huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. So <laughs> they produced so much data mm-hmm. that it was impossible to host it on the internet. Right. Okay. Because it was 5 million gigabytes. That's a lot of gigabytes. That's a lot of gigabytes, yeah. right? You can't. You can't torrent that. You can't no. download that no. and then watch it, right? So, not that you would do that anyway. No, of course, no. Well, we've got the NBN now, Quill. That's right. The, the NBN National Broadband Network. Um, so it's a lot so, of gigabytes. A lot of gigabytes. You can't upload that. It'd take forever. Where would you put it anyway? So what they actually did was they shipped the hard drives on Ooh, planes, vintage, totaling uh, half a ton. Whoa. Um, to the computers where it needed to be analysed, <laughs> which is in the Germ- in the Germany and the US. Wow. Uh, so there's a photo of, with um, Kate, Dr. Katie, I think it's Booman, Bauman, mm-hmm. something like that. I actually don't know the proper pronunciation of her name, um, where it has all of the data in the hard drives, which are apparently filled with helium to cool them down, Ooh, which is crazy. That's cool. You'd think, how could they weigh half a ton if they're filled with helium? Wouldn't they float away? Wow. <laughs> Maybe they weigh half a ton even with the helium. Yeah, my God. I mean, God. they still weigh the same amount. It's just that they're... They weigh so much, they probably are their own black hole. What? What? Uh, so there's a photo. Why it took us so long to release this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> we got lost in space <laughs> of gigabytes of data. All right, we're getting silly. Sorry. <laughs> so, photo of Dr. Katie Bauman with the hard drives. Awesome. Which someone pointed out reminds them of Margaret Hamilton, um, who wrote the code for the Apollo guidance yes, computer system. Yes, that was pretty. That was also another movie, wasn't it? No. That was a different movie. Was it the right stuff? No, it was the movie where they had all the ladies that were computer ladies that wrote all the stuff. I don't think she was featured in it's that a different, particular. It yeah, was different. Yeah. I've forgotten her name too. So long. the photo of um, Margaret Hamilton, she stacked up all the books. Yeah. Right? Because it was like the 60s. Yeah. And they didn't have computers. Books, yeah. But with um, Katie Bauman, it's just these huge stacks of hard drive. Yeah. And Katie Bauman was really, really like important in mm. getting this to happen. Mm. So she wrote some of the really important code that finally allowed them to do this and was yep. working on it and was a huge part of it. But there was a bit of a controversy around when it came out where people were trying to say that she did it all on herself. Like, she's amazing and go girl for doing that. Yep. And obviously she was an integral part of it. But these kind of things um, in science generally anyway, let alone such a huge thing, is, is like a huge team of people working all over the world. Yeah, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, like exactly. All, you can't really do science these days without being involved in a team. Yeah, I think exactly. it's very rare you'd find people working on their own. Yeah, and, you, you know, if you do see people working on their own, usually they're up to some kind of mischief because teams, you need to be up with a group of teams usually yeah. to work on, on yeah. these kind of things. And it needs to be reviewed and checked by other scientists. Yeah. So to the whole team that did it, epic. Totally, yeah. It's a funny one because, you know, when this came out, there was a photo that was released of her having seen the image for the first time. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, look at Dr. Katie Bannon. She's amazing. She wrote the code that, like, um, sewed all these images together. Yeah. That's amazing. And then there's a whole bunch of internet trolls saying, no, she didn't do anything, mate. Yeah. This is not a, you know, whatever. Yeah. the reality is it's halfway between. She did write a lot, yeah, of that, exactly. a lot of that code, but it's a cast of thousands. Yeah, exactly. Like Lots built of Built the telescopes and yeah. wrote the code. But like anything in science, 
there's a team working on it. But, you know, yeah. if someone publishes a paper and it's their discovery, there's going to be a person that did the majority of the work. But totally. usually they've also got like a last author, which is the person that actually established the group 20 years before this person might have actually done the work that they've yeah, done. Right. And they've all worked on it together. So yeah. yeah. Good work to everybody. Good work to everybody. Yay. That's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty huge moment, actually. Oh, it is a pretty huge moment um, for science that's happened in our lifetimes. It which is, is, which is I very exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. I mean, this is probably possibly bigger than the gravitational waves, if you remember that. Oh, look, can't they just all be good for their own reasons? Well, yes, they can, but but we have to pick favourites. No, we don't. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard? This is actually, we were just talking about our favourite sayings. I've got a good saying for you. What? A flower doesn't care how brightly the flower beside it blooms. It just blooms for its own reasons. That's beautiful, Quill. See? So you can be great at your own things and you don't have to worry if someone else is good at something else next to you. You can all be your own beautiful flower. You want to know another cool phrase? A rose by any other name smells as sweet. You want to know another cool phrase? Yeah, give it. Akuna Matata. <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. All right. Akuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. <laughs> All right, should we move on? Yes, we're cool. a little bit, probably a little bit still tired from the holidays and a little yeah. bit delirious and silly, but that's okay. Weird. And that's why you guys listen. Yeah. For the silly. <laughs> It's yep. been a while. I haven't had a rant for a while. Are you mm. ready for a that rant? That was about 20 minutes worth of me ranting, so now you get to go. Yeah, okay, I'll go make mine it. real quick. Yeah. No, you don't have to. Okay, well, I'll make it medium quick. Yeah. So, a um, bit of a on the green. On the green with Quill. Yeah, something a bit environmental. Hit me up. A bit uh, hippie. Oh, yeah? Because we did say in the intro that this is some, some hippie vegan Yeah, and since I'm a hippie. And a vegetarian. Raised and a vegetarian, that's true. So this is right up my... Uh, I don't want to say alley. Maybe it's right up my fridge. Um, what? Because the topic's about food. <laughs> it's right up my fridge. What? <laughs> Remove that one. I'm not taking it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, vegan Australia. Now, I'm not a vegan. I'm a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I'll put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but veganism and vegetarianism is actually on the rise in, in Australia. Mm. So, we've actually got... Um, the market research company, which is called Ibis World. Ibis World, great name. Bin Chicken. Bin Chicken World. Yeah. Welcome um, to Planet Bin Chicken. They've looked into... <laughs> market research firm. Now old school Duncan's come to visit. Yeah. <laughs> um, has looked into the changing food trends in Australia. Yes, good. And they have found that sales and consumption of red meat is declining. It's kind of staying where it is and going down slowly. Yeah, plateauing. Plateauing and then going down. Yeah. And it actually might start to even decrease more over the next few years. Yep. Now, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Uh, I don't know. Can you tell me? Probably because so many people listening to our podcast where I rant. Yeah, totally. And they go, Quill told me not to. Or (laughs) probably it's also to do with a few other things. Not just because the animals. Oh, you mean in terms of animal welfare? Yeah, Yeah, animal welfare. Um, It's not just about animal welfare, which is also very important. What else? It's not just about the environment. Oh, what else? It's also about costs. Oh, there So there's three. Oh, oh my God. It's a trifecta. I was about to say that. This is a trifecta of reasons. Yeah. Okay. So um, basically Australia is in the top five for countries that eat beef. Pretty much consistently, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, And actually what's been happening is over the last few years, the range and the sale of vegan products has been really increased. So there's... There's a lot more of it selling and there's a lot more out there. There's a huge difference in what's available. Mm, which I've um, noticed as well. I mean, you'll probably remember back in the day when Woolies and Coles didn't have vegetarian areas. Oh, yeah. I remember. 
I've been a vegetarian my whole life. Yeah. So I remember when it was like, okay, you know, you're going somewhere, you want something easy to take with you, and it's like, no. you know, it's no. not options. So it was a lot trickier. And so there's a lot of options out there now because a lot more people are becoming vegetarian yep. um, and vegan. Yep. And this is really important. So mm. it's not only also those trifectas, there's another one. What's that? Health reasons. Yes. So people, so if you might have noticed if you're ever on something like Instagram mm. or ever out in the world in general, is that health concerns, people are much more health conscious these days. Mm. So it used to be like people would get together and, um, you know, people might just get together and go to a bar or something like this. Now a lot of people get together and go uh, do a fitness, like yeah. a mud run or something like that. Like these, yeah, that, these kind of things are really um, popular now. Yeah. So all good things. Uh, and all important things, and it's not even like just a matter of like, oh, everyone should eat vegan or everyone should be vegetarian. All of these things affect a number of things. Yep. So the animal welfare is, of course, and, you know, me, but that's an important one mm. as well. Um, costs, like living expenses are getting more and more. So yep. if you can have something that's delicious, so now there's soy alternatives, there is things like lentils, all these mm-hmm. things. They're also creating ones that taste a lot like meat. So you can yep. buy fake meat in the... You can buy fake mints in the actual mint meat section. I think we've talked about this. We previously. have, we have, yeah. We've yeah. done the, um, we've talked about lab-grown meat a lot, which, meat. which isn't really available commercially no, not yet. Commercially, um, but yeah, you can buy the sort of analogs. Yeah, so, you can uh, buy plant-based actually, versions of it and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. My housemate makes. I think it's like walnut mints or something yeah. like that. Have you had that before? Oh man, you name a vegetarian alternative. Okay. I've had. I've been a vegetarian for thirty-three years. Yeah. So. Good lord, that's so. Um, <laughs> So, okay, just hot take for our listeners. Gold. Walnut mince oh. is the best. Yeah. It is the best. Delicious. I mean, there's some other words that I could use to describe it, but I'm not. Excellent. It's actually amazing. Okay. Yeah. So my housemate made some. She she fed me some. She fed me some uh, some spaghetti bolognese mm-hmm. with the walnut mince. Yeah. Beautiful. It was great. Yeah. I, I, I actually can vouch for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Which um, is awesome. Have we talked about Beyond Burger, an Impossible Burger before? In this pod or otherwise? I can't remember. Okay, have you had Beyond Burger yet? No. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God! Whoa. so good. It's so is good. Is this like a supermarket buy? Or it is, is a it supermarket in... buy, yes. Yeah. Okay, we are... This podcast is staunchly independent. Mm-hmm. You, you know that, Quill. Yeah. The listeners know it, I know it, we all know no it. No one tells us what to do. No one tells us what to do. <laughs> we are not, you know, bound by commercial interests. No. Not us. Now, I will absolutely espouse, till the day that I die, that mm-hmm. Beyond Burger... Is the best because mm-hmm. it is. I don't know what it's made out of. Soy something. Lots mm-hmm. of other sort of vegetarian products in there. It tastes so good, dude. It tastes so good. I'm gonna go get some. Go get some. So it comes in a patty, and you can mm-hmm. make a burger out of it. Yep. To die for. Okay. To die for. Now, my my housemate. I almost said husband. <laughs> I don't have a husband. Um, my housemate cooked some up, and he gave me a little taste, and I was like, "That's amazing." Mm. The other one is Impossible Burger. Mm. Which is a slightly cheaper alternative because mm-hmm. these things aren't cheap. That's the problem. Well, they are starting to get cheaper, and that's yes. part of the rise as well. It's exactly. Just, yeah, they used to be super expensive, and now yeah. they're kind of on par with the meat alternatives and/or a little bit cheaper. Yeah. So my problem at the moment is, yeah, it's pretty expensive. So mm. for two patties, it's eleven dollars Beyond yep. Burger. That's not. That's, that ain't cheap. That's not okay? cheap. Um, and the other issue, I don't really eat much red meat, but I mm. do eat quite a lot of poultry. Yeah. Just chicken, really. Yeah. For the gains. Yeah. Right? Obviously. <laughs> Look at me. I'm all gains. All day. <laughs> Wait a so- minute. I'm going to need a minute to all recover right. from that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe not gains in the area that I want, but that's okay. <laughs> I eat a lot of food. <laughs> Getting some stomach gains. But they're delicious. 
They are really delicious. So once they come down in price, I'll be, yeah, yeah. I'll be eating and those all day. And that's part of what's happening. So the cost of them's going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the they are way more they are way more efficient in terms of environmental impact. Much better in terms of water usage. Water usage, yep. um, yeah, all those kind of things. They've got no animal cruelty, mm-hmm. and and you know what? People are like, oh, I can't. Better. You don't have to do it every day. If you just cut it out like just a, a day bit. or two, yeah. you know. Totally. Maybe. You realise it's not it's not so hard. Rome so. wasn't built in a day. Yeah, exactly. Nor should your vegans. If everyone in Australia, what is it, 25 million or something, something we've got like now? That, yeah. If everyone cut out one meat meal a week, there'd be 25 million less meat meals a mm, week. Mm. Wow. Mm. See? Yeah. Not so hard. Solved. Meatless Monday. Listen or to Quill. Whatever that Listen thing to Quill. Is. I mean, She's fixed if it. If I can do it for 33 years and still bounce off the walls 99% of the time, yeah. I'm sure there's enough energy in True. regular vegetarian Apart from that time when you found out that you were low on iron, yeah. and vitamin A and stuff. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> you might want to remove that because we're trying to plug for a vegetarian diet here. But you can easily supplement that. You, you just need to be careful. And that was only because I'd been traveling and was unable to find good vegetarian food in other countries. Yes. Okay. That's a very good yeah, point. My normal diet is actually very healthy. Yeah. Because um, that was Japan, right? They just eat fish all the time. Yeah. It was just can't. a struggle with the vegetarian thing because there's yeah. a lot of meat going on over there. But anyway. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's low in animal, animal cruelty. Yes. High in vegetable cruelty. That's an issue. You just brought it back <laughs> so you could put in that joke. It was a good one, man. My, my sister's a vegetarian. Mm. Well. My dad has this terrible joke where he's like, um, she's not a vegetarian because um, she's anti-animal cruelty. She's mm. a vegetarian because she hates vegetables. <laughs> like she just wants to eat because she right. hates them. I'm like, that is a terrible joke. I was and like waiting for the punchline a second. I was like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I got it. That's a bad joke. Duncan said, I don't know you, but that's a pretty bad joke. Yep. I don't know if you're sure. listening. I was about to say, I'm hope, sure hoping to listen to the podcast. All right. We're a little bit random today. Yeah. But that's, um, that's okay. That's standard. For so us. there you go. Uh, meat is declining. Red meat specifically is declining. Yeah. Vegan products. Yeah. On the up. Good. Good for the environment. Good for your health. Good for your wallet. Good for the animals. Soon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everybody wins except yeah. wallet right now, but that'll improve. No, but that's time. not true either. That's only if you're buying the replacement products uh, okay. that are already prepackaged. I right. mean, if you're just buying vegetables, if, they don't cost that but much. But all things like lentils and chickpeas and kidney beans, they're actually cheap. really, really cheap. cheap. And you yeah. can make, like, I make lentil burgers and kidney. Yeah. I'm, I use black beans in, like, things like chili where you normally use beef and stuff like that. And it's actually, they're way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're pretty well done on that one. Yeah. We're well done, if you will. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move along? Yes. Good. Now, what, what do we introduce this as? We said, oh, yeah. Does your cat not know its name? Mm. Or is it just ignoring you like a jerk? Well, it turns out it does know its name. And yes, it is ignoring you. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it because ever since I've been a kid, cats have been jerks to yep. me. Cats are always jerks. <sighs> Here's another joke from my dad. Cats don't have owners. They have employees. Yeah. It's a good one. Sassy. Um, so to find out if cats can indeed discriminate between their names and other kinds of words that people say, the researchers from the University of Tokyo conducted some experiments mm-hmm. with 78 different cats. Okay. And they, the cats came from ordinary households and a cat cafe, which Ooh, is yeah. a fantastic thing that apparently exists. Uh, there's, actually, there's actually one in Sydney, but anyway. Mm. So what they did is they did something called habituation, which is they played these cats some recordings of just random words, Yeah. right? 
that gets them habituated, which yep. means they eventually stop responding to that yeah, they stimuli. Get used to it. They get used to it, basically. Yep. Uh, and then they would play a recording that says their name. Oh. And what they did is they videoed them <laughs> while doing this and then would check to see if there's any sort of subtle differences in the cat's oh, response. Okay. So whether their ears moved or their head moves or they made some vocalisation, yep. tail moves and what they call displacement, which I think they mean they whole move. cat moves. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fancy way of saying yeah, the cat moves. That's, that's, that's scientists for yeah. you, though. That's just the biggest word they possibly oh, can. Oh, funny. Um, and based on the cat's responses, they pretty much figured that, yes, they can actually recognise their names, mm. um, even from similar-sounding names, oh. and regardless of whether it's their owner that says their name or someone else who's unfamiliar to them. Right. So they know their name. They know their name. They're just jerks. And they are absolutely <laughs> jerks. So, yeah, that's why you're often like, my mittens. And it just goes, go away, yeah. Dad, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No chance. No chance, I'll mate. talk to you when I'm ready. Yeah. That's pretty much. Exactly. Look, I've met some lovely cats, and mm-hmm. we should always be nice to those animals. I've just always found, personally, cats are pretty nasty to me, but they're also very independent. So it can be really loving. So if, mm. you, if you like a pet that's a bit of an independent, and I'll do my own thing, you do yeah. your own thing, and we'll just hang out when we feel like it. Kind of like a housemate. Yeah. That's a good cat. If you're an Whereas independent, it, yeah. you know, single person yeah you know you love your time to yourself but you love a bit of socialization yeah. maybe your cats are for you yeah whereas like having a dog is more like having a baby yeah yeah it really is. i understand for all those parents out there listening it's not the same same extent yeah, before we cop that kind of abuse but <laughs> they are much more dependent and, yeah. and kind of so they will follow you around and oh yeah all that yeah yeah um but yeah the oh, i was gonna say with this as well the cats from the cat cafe mm-hmm. they weren't as good at responding to their names because they've got, I guess, more random people that they're hanging out with every exactly, day. Because there's yeah. people around them all the time. And yeah. so they're massively habituated to every kind of noise that yeah, they hear. Okay. And so they just go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I guess a lot of people probably wouldn't know the names of all the cats in the cat cafe. No. So probably getting called like Kitty and Kitty Cat and stuff when that's not actually their name. Yeah, right. So they might think they've got more than one name. Yep. Potentially. That's a good one. I like that. Good mm. thinking, Quill. You should have joined this study. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, um, apparently... Um, this guy called Saito, who's one of the researchers, mm-hmm. says that the reason that they don't really respond to us, yep. even though we say their names and they recognize their name, is because they aren't evolved to respond right. to us. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's because dogs are being domesticated yeah, yeah. for thousands upon thousands of years. Yeah. Cats are probably a little bit more recent, although going back as far as the Egyptians, yeah. possibly further. But dogs have evolved to respond to clues from from us so we where we talk or the way we do mannerisms and dogs have really evolved specifically to respond to that and understand that which is mm. why they're very good at responding to our emotions and yeah. all those kind of things whereas cats um, it's not so much that they don't care yeah it's just that they haven't evolved to, to, to care yeah they don't really have exactly. a reason to at the yeah. moment yeah yeah so um but i mean this is this is good because it's just another nail in the coffin of my hatred of cats <laughs> i really like the idea that they say that is um yeah, that cats will kind of just do what they want unless they need something from you. Yeah, exactly. They do. They just wander around, like, you know, knocking things off tables and hitting you in the face and stuff like that. Oh, they can be loving too when they feel no. like it. When they no. feel like it. No. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, I just like to point out, listeners, that Quill just mouthed, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being diplomatic for all the cat lovers out there. This is like a good cop, bad cop kind of situation, <laughs> except both of us are bad cops. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, so quite frankly, they can. I am too. Can, like, you know, not I'm not going to use those me, words. But if they like sleep on my head, which has happened at my yeah. friend's mom's place, 
hey Pam, if you're listening, um, <laughs> their cat slept on my head once, and I like couldn't open my eyes the next. Well, it slept like on the bunk next to my head. Oh but my god! Anyway, and my sister has a cat who's lovely sometimes and is an absolute horror the rest of the time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Why can't they just be nice? You know. I don't know. Well, we know why. We just explain. Oh, we know why. now. Yeah. Because we they just explain why. They. What is the phrase? They will communicate <clears throat> with humans when they want. Yep. That is the cat. So, uh, in conclusion, mm-hmm. uh, cats should go away. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for them. In conclusion, Duncan them. won't be getting a cat <laughs> anytime soon. With a burning passion, <laughs> fury of a thousand suns. Anyway, should we put? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, I've just got one quick last thing to finish us off, mm-hmm. which is not a fact of the week like we would usually do. Make it a fact of the week. Okay, fact, the fact of the week. Fact of the, fact of the, week. Of the week. Which is, you might recall that in November. Or December of last year, we talked about NASA's Mars Insight Lander. Do you recall that one? You'll have to be more specific because I'm pretty sure. (laughs) So it's the one where it landed. Um, It's not one that can move around. It's not a rover. No, it's a lander. It's one that's stationary. It's a lander. (laughs) It lands and then it's done. I do remember this conversation. So it's got lots of lots of instruments. For detecting things, I can't really remember what they are. But anyway, one of them is for detecting seismic activity yep. on Mars. Yeah. Well. Mars oh, quakes. Mars quakes, yes. Very Which good. diverged just last time into talking about milkshakes. Really? I'm pretty sure. A strange <laughs> diversion. Anyway. Um, so we were like, yeah, cool, Mars quakes. That's great. Um, turns out they've actually got their first data from this Mars <gasps> quake. Awesome. Yeah. So shall we have a listen? Yes. That's a Mars wind. Here's a Mars quake. And here's some movement of the robotic arm. Cool. That's awesome. There you go. How exciting is that? that That is what it sounds like. Now, the reason I read that these sounds are made, so like... Mars doesn't have tectonic activity in the same way that Earth does. I mm-hmm. don't think it has tectonic I was ask that. at all. I don't think so. It's not. Hmm. It's not the same kind of seismic activity yeah. that we that we would get on Earth. But what yeah. it does do, the whole planet will expand and contract. <laughs> That's cool. Which is really really cool. And yeah. so what happens is when it expands or contracts, the parts of the planet will crack. <laughs> A bit like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's my planet opening up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it'll make. Those kinds of noises cool. when it when it does. So that's that's that. Interesting. Um, Thank you. Should we wrap it up? I think that's time. All right. Well, that is a wrap on physics twist for this week. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks to having the. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's what happens when I freestyle. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>